Toronto made it happen. 419 into overtime. Toronto 6 capture their first Isabel Cup as PHF champions. So congratulations to them. And for more, we have their captain, Cheyenne D'Arcangelo, on the phone. How's it going, Cheyenne? Congratulations, first of all. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. So it must be, or is it, a little bit conflicting being American. You've represented Team USA, but part of the first Canadian team to ever win the Isabel Cup. Like, what? what's the vibe check there? <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit, I guess, of being one of the first people on this team or starting the franchise three years ago. But it's super exciting and super proud of the group that I'm with. So it's been it's been an awesome ride, and I'm proud of everybody on my team. So obviously, you know, this year being the first time that uh, the Toronto Six hoisting the trophy, like what did you learn about going through the playoffs uh, that allowed this team to finally, you know, reach that mark and be champions? Yeah, absolutely. This was the first year that we had a three-game series for our semis and that not everybody made the playoffs. So, I mean, I we learned a lot, to be honest, in that series and then leading into the finals there in Arizona. I mean, the group, I think the best thing that happened to us was losing our first game. Um, it just kind of brought us together, and I think from there on out, the group was very resilient to come back and be able to win that and hoist the cup. Yeah, and hoist it you did. You were the first person to get to hoist the cup as the captain, and I follow a few of the girls on Instagram. I have seen the celebration unfold. It looks epic. But what was Mullet Arena like? Like, we talk about it a little bit covering the Leafs on a daily that, you know, it's a different for an NHL barn, but always a pretty good atmosphere in there. Was that your experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, that has to be one of the coolest ranks that I've played in, and I've had um, our bench for- fortunate enough to play in a few different NHL rinks but there was something special about it it was it was really cool obviously it's pretty new too the ice was awesome and i mean it made for the environment to be that much sweeter being there so you got to tell us because we like to hear stories what was the celebration like the 48 hours after winning the championship (laughs) well let's just say there wasn't a lot of sleep and everybody (laughs) was together including the staff and players and uh, family members that were there and made their way to Arizona. It was pretty crazy, to be honest. Um, we ended up staying a couple more days there in Arizona as well um, to kind of finish that out, and now we're back and continuing here in Toronto. Who partied the hardest? You can name drop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go with T on this one. She's the one who scored the game-winning goal as well. So Well-deserved. Can you give me an update, like a Thunder Bay? I know Brooke Boquist and Michaela Cav. I need to know the Thunder Bay uh, contingency party level. I feel like Thunder Bay has to hold it down when it comes to partying. <laughs> yeah, th- those, those two girls can handle their own. I'll give them that. So <laughs> they're pretty awesome. <laughs> Th- that is awesome. Uh, we're with Cheyenne D'Arcangelo right now, captain of the champion, Isabel Cup champion, Toronto Six. So you guys are going to be honored at the Leafs game on Saturday night. Have you heard anything um, about about what the celebrations will be like, what that night will shake out like? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're having an event at Canland um, at our rink right before that, and then we'll take a bus down to the Leafs game and be there. I think they're putting us up in a box and... So we'll be able to hang out there and um, be recognized during the game, I believe. Um, so it should be a really fun night. And then I also see that you guys, someone's throwing out a first pitch in oh. the Blue Jays game. Who has the best fastball? And who do you think would throw it about 40 feet to the right or left? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not really sure who's going to be throwing that one out yet. Um, I would go with Emma Woods on that one, though, if, if I had to choose somebody. Uh, 
Uh, Elaine Chuli got to throw one out at the beginning of the year, so it's pretty cool that they're having us there again to do that with the team. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I just wanted to ask you about the Six and playing for the Six in general. I heard your interview post game where you said there's so many people who who aren't here who are a really big part of this, and and the Six just have such a, a really unique kind of vibe around them. Like the owners are purposefully a cra- collaborative group of BIPOC members of the hockey community, from Anthony Stewart to. Angela James, Bernice Carnegie, former NHL coach Ted Nolan. You guys are coached by Canadian ice hockey legend Geraldine Heaney. Like, what's it like to to play in that environment? And and how did this championship come together? Just kind of from the inception of the Toronto Six. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, there's so many moving parts and people that were involved in this from three years ago to somebody calling me one of the owners and saying, "Hey, Cheyenne, do you want to be a part of this first team here to where we're at today? It's it's really crazy, and it's awesome to have so many people from different walks of life come together to be able to make these drinks possible for us. Um, and, I mean, sometimes you have to kind of check yourself to realize, well, like like you just named all the list of people that are next to you or here to support you and things like that because you don't realize or sometimes you take it a little bit for granted when you're with them every single day. Um, but it's pretty awesome to get to learn from those people and have them uh, lead the way on this. Yeah, absolutely. It's been incredible to watch. Um, also incredible to watch. Upcoming next week, the Women's World Championships kick off in Brampton. You're a champion yourself in 2016 when the USA won gold. Uh, a couple of those girls still kicking around on the national team. Are, are you going to be tracking that really closely? And are you expecting the USA to get back in the gold column uh, after Canada's kind of triple gold stretch here? Yeah, definitely something that you always pay attention to, right? It's your sport. So definitely be watching it or uh, tuning in on that to see what's going on. And obviously have to always uh, cheer for the red, white, and blue. But also um, the cool thing is we have two players from the Toronto Six that will be there with their Czech national team. So hopefully we'll get to go out and check out a game and support them in that. Um, They had a quick turnaround, obviously, from Arizona to they're already back or they left before us to get back here for pre-world training. So um, definitely will be out there supporting them. Well, Shane, uh, congratulations once again, bringing a championship to the city of Toronto. Hopefully it's the first championship on the ice that uh, we can have in this city. Hopefully it uh, broke hopefully the curse in terms of hockey championships. Well, we were talking about that, right? Like hopefully it does break the curse and maybe there's another championship that could be had. So hopefully if that's the case, I think uh, you ladies definitely deserve a lot of the credit for breaking Pick that curse for sure. Uh, really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the weekend as well. Looks like it'll be a a fun event for you guys. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. There she goes. Cheyenne Darcangelo, captain of the championship-winning Toronto Six. Yeah, I like the idea that maybe it could could start something, snowball something here when it comes to Toronto and, and its hockey demons. Yeah. Speaking of, actually, Shelly Keefe... Uh, speaking of demons. Well, yeah. Speaking <laughs> Where of demons. Where are you going? Where are you going with this, buddy? Uh, just a couple updates. Like, okay. me finally speaking. So we're starting to get some quotes filtered. I thought it was something bad. I, 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 I oh, yeah. Austin bad. Matthews out for the season. No, just kidding. But uh, there is a bit of an... Like, Ryan O'Reilly spoke today, actually. Oh, so there's... Uh, what's that cat got to say? I mean, not as much as an update, but he's just sharing exactly what, uh, what happened in that game against Vancouver when he got hurt. Apparently... Didn't realize how bad the injury was and then uh, said, quote, uh, he went back to the room, saw that his finger was crooked and said, oh, that seems like that's probably not supposed to be like that and had to end up getting surgery. But a very hockey player thing to say. It seems as though Tuesday is the aim to get Ryan O'Reilly back into the fold. Okay, interesting. And, and he, he, yeah, he said, have to be smart about this. Yeah. So they're obviously taking every precaution there. 
Which is which is obviously what you want to do. It sounds like yeah. Noel Chari kind of in the same boat. Um, will not be available for the Leafs tomorrow. It's a neck injury, according to uh, to Sheldon Keefe for Noel Chari. So it was undisclosed up until today. Now they're disclosing it. A little whiplash situation. Interesting. I and don't like to hear that, though. No, that's not encouraging. Not an encouraging. So speaking of demons, we that, can count that, that is one. the demon file. That is one. Uh, Wayne Simmons, sick. They'll make a decision tomorrow uh, if he will play. If not, they did recall Raheem. No, Radim Zahorna is a player that they recalled earlier today. That was kind of the, the news of the day, and he might get a, a chance to play tomorrow's first game in a Maple Leafs uniform. He did skate and practice alongside Zach Aston Reese, and then O'Reilly did practice today with the group, but in a red non-contact, um, which probably suggests that depending on if uh, if we see Wayne Simmons tomorrow or not, we'll probably dictate if they go 12 and 6 or 11 and 7. Yeah, and the other character who I feel like we've barely mentioned but is away from the team still is Eric Gustafson. Eric Gustafson. He remains away from the team. Uh the family matter apparently. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been like over a week now. Yeah, everything's it, all good there. Yeah, me too. I hope it's all good. It's it, it's unfortunate. It's always unfortunate timing for you to have a family matter that you need to stay away from the team for, but he he had that opportunity on PP1 in that Florida game, was it? Yes, because yeah, it was the game that Morgan Riley sat out. Yeah, he was yeah, he was kicking it that game. Yeah, so. he, I mean, he looked all right. And again, it's 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 unfortunate because you come to a new team, you're still trying to establish yourself, learn the systems, and find a role realistically. And, and that's kind of you know, and unable to do that when you're when you're not there, like just flat out not there. And it's obviously for for a reason. Uh, but hopefully, everything can. You know, settle itself down for for Eric Gustafson, and he can return at some point and be part of this team. Like, I'd be shocked if he did, wasn't going to be part of the team's thought process. You know, going forward, sure. like he he probably will. I am curious though, like how much, like we we were talking about this with uh, Brendan Bell. Actually, we didn't get a chance to get into it because we had to go to break to to uh, to get to Cheyenne. But you know, we were chatting about the eleven and seven, and he's someone who uh, told us he. Wasn't a fan as a, as a player, right? He was a defenseman in the league and a young guy in the league who had to try and go into that situation. So I tried to get his mindset on maybe how Timothy Lilligren is is feeling. And you know, I I I, I almost wonder if there's more risk than reward playing him as a seventh. Defense. Yeah, I thought that was an inter- interesting point that you brought up with his confidence and where it seems to be at right now. Like almost as if he might be better to just not play as opposed to. Skate for nine or ten minutes. He makes a mistake because he's overthinking the game, and now all of a sudden, you know, he's thinking negatively about himself after the game, as opposed to probably what would be a neutral if he was up in the press box. Yeah, like I'm not saying obviously don't play him for the rest of the season. Like you got to filter him in there at some point. You know, someone else who I think might get a game this weekend. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Would you get Connor Timmins into a game? I this was weekend? just going to ask you about Connor Timmins. Um. Because cause the intro, Connor Timmons and Lilligren is obviously further along in his development. Uh, I think they're probably around the same age, but Lilligren's yeah. been with the team longer, and Timmons had all those injury, like the whole injury history that he has. Uh, there's no question that Lilligren and Timmons are a part of this blue line going forward. Like they're going to be key pieces of this blue line in the future. But the Stanley Cup that they're trying to win is right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll see Timmons get in. Like, he hasn't even been practicing. Actually, he is practicing. He's practicing. Today. But, like, I'd see with Gustafson gone, it is kind of an opportunity for them to maybe, like, if you pull out Luke Shen for Sunday's game, right? Like, we got a back to back coming up. Yeah. You could pull out one of those guys, whether it is, again, Shen, 
Maybe you pull out, uh, maybe maybe Brody takes the night off. You want to give Gio another night off. It's an off. interesting thought. Get an opportunity. Like, that could be an opportunity to to get Timmons into a game. Yeah. Right? how long has it been for him? Oh, it's been a while. When was his last game? I'll quickly look it up. Sorry, I keep putting you on the spot, AB. Well, it's definitely been, like, he hasn't played, it, I believe, since the deadline. No. Like, since okay. they brought in all those defensemen, like, I don't think he's played in the month of March. Yeah, so that's tough for him. He was, uh... He was practicing away from the team. Like Frankie was giving us the behind the scenes insider scoop as to what happens when there's nine defensemen involved in practice. Yeah, one and guy. One has to just totally be by himself. Hasn't played since February 24th. So hmm. you would think that they would want to maybe try and get him into a game. And yeah. with a, again, a back to back this weekend, it's a perfect opportunity maybe on uh, when they come back home. You know, a nice home game where, you know, you can dictate who he plays more so with having last change, get him, you know, play him as that seventh defenseman and and just to get his feet underneath him so he's not, if he does have to get thrusted into the playoff action because there's injuries that occur. One million injuries. One million injuries Maybe you want to see him in in game action with these new characters, I might add. Um, You know, he hasn't played since Feb 24th. That's, That's a while from now. Yeah, so that's interesting. That, that's something that I'll kind of be keeping an eye on this weekend. Is it's an interesting thought, though. I, I I wouldn't mind to see Connor Timmons again. Yeah. All right. One more break. We got the Leafies coming up next. We're going to hand out some hardware. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashiri. It was an Leafs lunch here on TSN 1050.